Hello, my name is Lucy Tande, and welcome to another EBZ devotion. Yesterday I closed with Psalm 42. I read, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? The psalmist says. And I said, as a life, life of a deer depends upon water, so does our lives depend upon God. Because those who seek Him and long to understand Him find eternal life. Feeling separated from God, this psalmist wouldn't rest until he restored his relationship with God because he knew that his very life depended on it. So my question to you was yesterday, do you thirst for God? Do you thirst for God? And today I want to add, do you hunger and thirst for God? Do you seek him? Well, let me remind us today. God always makes a fast move by calling us and leading us to a place of rest. He is always seeking us out. And it's not because we seek him. God himself created man to have fellowship with him. Because deep within man's heart, likewise, is a place for God. We were made for God, and without his love, we ache in loneliness and emptiness. And so it is, God calls us. He seeks us. Uh, he seeks us out. And our hearts resonate with longing for him, because we too hunger for him. In Genesis 3, 8 to 9, I read, The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? Not only did God create man for fellowship with him, he desires this fellowship with a man. Where are you? He called out. And so we see that God graciously, God graciously seeks, confronts, and offers reconciliation to the guilty sinner. So from the time of creation and the fall of man, through the man Adam, God has always sought us out to love us and to reconcile us unto himself. God best expresses a love to us like this. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the love story of God. The story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is about the love of God for humanity. God has been calling you and I to him all our lives. And he will not stop. So what's your response today? Do you hunger or thirst for God? In John 6, 27, Jesus says, 
Do not, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then in verses 35, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So when you hunger and thirst for God, and thus after God, he will feed us, and he will quench our thirst when we are willing to listen. Because he offers it freely. He offers his nourishment freely. He is a bread of life. And he says, whoever comes will never go hungry. And whoever believes will never be thirsty. There's a hunger in the human heart, which nothing but God can satisfy. And there's a thirst that no one but he can quench. Jeremiah 50 verses 7 tells us, God himself is our true pasture and our pool of quiet, quiet water. He's our true nourishment, our living water. If we do not partake of him, we will starve, we will perish. Therefore, what we have learned is that spending time in fellowship with, alone with God, quietly, is a necessity in our lives. We can't avoid it. We need God, but so does He need us. Make it a priority today to create time and a place to meet with God, to listen to Him, to His thoughts, to His emotions, to His will for you. Enjoy and delight in these moments, being grateful that God wants this time with you also. Being grateful that he seeks you out, he seeks me out. That he never tires, he never gives up, he never forsakes us. And then after all that, when you have sat at God's feet and have been fed, then we should respond. And the appropriate response is prayer. We respond to God's gracious revelation of himself and heart. That is, we are sitting and listening to him quietly. He reveals himself to us. He reveals his thoughts. He reveals his love for us, his concerns. God reveals his heart and himself to us in the quiet moments, in the quiet time. Our meetings with God are like special meetings, like the meetings we have with loved ones or close friends. Just imagine, when you go to a meeting or, or a date, whatever you want to call it, these meetings are normally characterized by polite conversations, thoughtfully listening to one another and sharing from the heart and their intimate self-disclosures and responses. Now imagine, if one of these conversations 
in one of your conversation, your companion or your friend um, praises you, expresses love or appreciation. Maybe they cancelled you, maybe they corrected you. What would be a, an appropriate response? You cannot ignore all that was said and just diverge into another completely unrelated topic. It's not polite. It's not the right response. It's only polite to respond with gratitude, reciprocate with love, ask questions, react to the message, respond to the, what you're corrected, to the counseling. You don't start a new topic. You respond appropriately. And that is what prayer is. It's a conversation with God. When we have heard from God, we respond appropriately with prayer. Because prayer is worship. Our praying should be full of adoration, affection, and fondness for God. That He, he is who He is. That He created us in order to have someone to fellowship with. Someone He could shower His love that he stretched out his arms on the cross to make us whole again. In worship, we declare what we value the most. And it is one of the best ways in the world to love God. Prayer is also the highest expression of our dependence on God. It is asking for what we want. Philippians 4, 6 tell us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So it's a, a, an expression of dependence. Anything that is large enough, anything big enough that it preoccupies your mind is large enough to hang a prayer on. Because prayer, however, it's by its nature is requesting, not insisting. We can make no demands on God or of God. Furthermore, we come to him as a friend, as our father. And friends don't make demands. They ask and then wait. We wait with patience and submission until God answers us and gives us what we have requested. Prayer is asking for understanding. It is a means by which we comprehend what God is saying to us in his word. And so prayer moves what we, we know from our, from our heads and takes it to our hearts. And prayer focuses and unites our broken hearts. Like David prayed in Psalms 86, 11, Give me an undivided heart. David so much wanted to love God with his whole heart, but he could not do it with his own effort. Other interests and other affections pulled him and divided him. So he asked God to guard his heart and unite its affections into one. Centering on God each day is a new thing every day. In that quiet place, God comforts us, he instructs us, he listens to us. He prepares our hearts and strengthens us for the day. And there we learn to love him and worship him again. 
then in confidence we go out. We exalt his holy name. We exalt his words. And we share him with others in confidence. We take his presence with us all day long. Reflecting on his messages. We may not realize that he's close by sometimes because sometimes we feel sad, we feel lonely, we feel weary, we feel tired. Our day may seem bleak and dreary without a visible ray of hope or ray of hope. Yet God is always present. He's always with us. He says you never leave nor forsake us. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. According to Hebrews 13:5. Because in God's presence there is satisfaction. And again, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. God is a caring shepherd and a dependable guide. We must follow God and obey his commands. He's our only hope for eternal life and security. Pray with me. Heavenly Father and our God, we come before your throne of grace and humility and thanksgiving in our hearts. We worship you and give you praise, glory, and honor. We recognize your sovereignty, power, authority, and majesty and splendor. You are God, our creator, our maker, our ruler, and our sustainer. You are God who is unchanging, who is faithful, who is trustworthy, and dependable. We thank you for your love the precious gift of your one and only son who redeemed us through his finished work on the cross and reconciled us unto yourself. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives in us, guides us, convicts us, and makes your word known to us. Father, search our hearts and our minds and our souls this time, and we ask that you forgive our sins. The Lord, you cleanse us, renew and refresh us so we can be acceptable in your sight. You redeemed us, you purified us, so we can be the salt and the light of the world. Help us, Lord, to be worthy of you as, as we share the gospel to the world around us. Help us to have flavor and be a light to those in darkness. Hear our prayer, O Lord, and we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <music>